Hello everyone and welcome or welcome back to Hey Alexa, Am I Dying? Where each episode talks about a different disease, disorder, or condition that can impact the human body. In today's episode, I spoke with Chris from the Schizophrenia Society of Canada and the things that the organization has done to help those that suffer with schizophrenia and the stigma behind it. But before then, here is almost everything you need to know about schizophrenia. Also, keep in mind that I do mention sensitive topics such as um, suicidal thoughts, um, stuff like that in this episode. So if that is triggering or uncomfortable for you to hear, I recommend skipping this one. Well, the first question that I always ask in the beginning of every episode, what even is schizophrenia? Schizophrenia is a pretty serious mental disorder, I would say, where people can kind of interpret reality falsely and can have hallucinations, delusions, and just a very um, disordered way of thinking, and that can impact the way they function normally every day. People with dis People with this disorder are needed to be treated lifelong because of the severity of it. And the earlier the treatment starts, the better because it doesn't give symptoms enough time to cause too much damage. So now for my favorite part, the symptoms. Schizophrenia can involve many different problems with the way our brains think, which is called cognition, as well as our behaviors and our emotions. Symptoms of this disorder can differ, but the most common ones are delusions. And delusions are probably the main thing you think of when you think of schizophrenia, so that's the big one. Um, If you don't know what they are, they're just um, false beliefs and visions that are not based in reality. Hallucinations is also a big one. These can include seeing or hearing things falsely or, you know, hearing things when there's nothing actually going on. Um, or disorganized thinking or speech, so when your brain is failing and is scattered to received signals and it's difficult to communicate with others. In general, symptoms can be negative and make it harder to do things normally. As I mentioned before, this can heavily impact the way that you function day to day. Um, the symptoms for this disorder for teenagers are similar for adults, but the condition can be more difficult to recognize. They're harder to recognize and pick out because a lot of the symptoms can just be common behaviors for teenagers, um, just going through this time normally. A lot of these things are just, you see them everywhere, so it's kind of hard to pick out which one is schizophrenia. So these are the following, isolation from friends and family, lack of sleep, trouble sleeping, lack of motivation, uh, a big one is lack of effort in school, mood swings or depressed or just a depressed mood in general recreational drugs like marijuana or lsds can also cause the symptoms to occur although there are a lot more specific symptoms teens may be less likely to have delusions um, and or hallucinations when to see a doctor uh people with schizophrenia often aren't aware of the severities of their conditions and that requires 
and that it requires professional medical attention. So a lot of the times family or friends are the people that kind of points it out and takes them to um, a doctor or encourages them to see a doctor. And it's really important to it to help the person with schizophrenia if you know someone who has it. If you think someone you know may have the symptoms, talk to them and tell them what you think they might have. Sometimes people can be reluctant to seek help and you can't really force someone to seek a doctor or get diagnosed, but you can offer support and encourage them to take the right steps. If a loved one can be posing a danger to themselves or to anybody else, calling 911 may be ideal because you don't know if safety is even guaranteed in that situation. This way, health responders can immediately help the person in need, and sometimes emergency hospitalization is needed, but the laws for involuntarily check-ins at mental treatment institutions can be different according to wherever you live, the country, province, state, whatever. Something I want to touch on is suicidal thoughts and behaviors. This can be common among the people who suffer with this disorder, so if you know someone in your life who is struggling with it, um, or you think they are in danger of severely hurting themselves, call 911 immediately. If you think it is safe, take the person to the nearest ER and make sure someone is with them at all times because that's usually the best way to make sure they stay safe. I think I mentioned this in the depression episode too, um, but just making sure somebody is with them at all times can be really important in a scenario like that. causes of schizophrenia are unknown, but most researchers think it is because of multiple different reasons, including things like family history, brain chemistry, and the environment you're in. If your neurotransmitters are having issues working properly, that can also contribute to someone having it. And there have been actually neuroimaging research that has shown the differences in the brain structure and the central nervous system of the people that have this disorder and the people that don't. Even though the importance of these differences aren't known yet, it is classified as a brain disease and scientists are continually working on this, of course. exact cause of schizophrenia is not known, but there are factors that can contribute to it. Some of these I have already mentioned. Having a family medical history of this disorder can play a big part into it. Pregnancy and birth complications are also risk factors. So if a baby has been malnourished or has been exposed to some pretty harmful chemicals, their brain can be impaired significantly. Teens or young adults taking psychoactive or psychotropic drugs are harmful as those drugs are literally mind-altering. So, of course, that's not great for your brain. So now I'm going to talk about some of the complications. Schizophrenia can cause severe problems if it's not treated and it can affect someone's daily activities, and every area of their life. Complications this disorder can cause are the following. So aggressive behavior, the symptom is not as common actually. Isolation, general health and medical problems, suicidal attempts and thoughts, I mentioned this, anxiety disorders, OCD, substance abuse, financial stress, and potential homelessness, and 
inability to work or poor performance at school. So a lot of these, a lot of these I probably mentioned early on in the episode, but these are also complications. There's no definitive way to prevent this disorder, but asking your doctor for treatment and for a plan that you can actually follow can help reduce the risk of relapses or symptoms getting worse over time. Researchers are also hoping to kind of learn more about the risk factors and help make earlier diagnosis and start treatments. Scientists continue to work on looking deeper into disorders like this, of course, to provide safe treatments and further knowledge for brain disease. As I mentioned before, I interviewed Chris from the Schizophrenia Society of Canada, and I just asked him the usual questions you know, the things that this organization has done for people with schizophrenia, and just a little bit more about the stigma behind the disorder as well. And it was a great conversation. Not good after. Not good morning. It is yeah. after. I forgot. That's right. Well, we finally made it here. Yeah. Well, I'm delighted to meet you. Yeah, it's so great to finally meet you as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how long have you been doing the podcast? So I started up about uh, last December. I think I got the idea. I started working on it. And I think mid-January was when I released the first episode. And yeah, after that, I've been doing that ever since. It was originally supposed to just be a school project, but it eventually became a little bit more than that. So yeah, I'm lucky to be here. And uh, yeah, today I just wanted to ask you some questions about Schizophrenia Society of Canada. So what the first thing I wanted to ask was, where did this organization come from and who kind of started it up and built it and why? Well, the Schizophrenia Society of Canada was started in 1979, and it, it uh, was from the inspiration of Dr. Bill Jeffries. He wasn't a physician, but he and his wife had a son who had schizophrenia, and they found out at that time uh, that there was a little opportunity uh, uh, for families and parents to be able to advocate in a significant way, an effective way. Or their loved ones who were living with psychosis and schizophrenia. So the national organization was formed in 1979, and then within five years, there were provincial schizophrenia societies in the 10 provinces. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, nine years. That's, I feel like that's a short amount of time to get so much of that spread out so quickly, so that's really good. And um, why is it important to spread this awareness about schizophrenia? Well, the importance of creating awareness around schizophrenia has to do with the fact that uh, it's, a, it's a common mental illness. Uh, one in 100 people will have some form of, of schizophrenia, mild, moderate, or severe. Um, generally, it begins with psychosis. So psychosis is when you are not able to tell the difference between re- and reality in terms of what's real and what's not real. 
because of the presence of hallucinations or and uh, delusions. So about 3% of the population will have psychosis. And then when you exclude all other illnesses that have psychosis as a feature, such as bipolar 2, uh, epilepsy, uh, thyroid problems, et cetera, et cetera, uh, then about 1% of the population will get a diagnosis of schizophrenia. And I know that the psychosis, like things such as, you know, um, trauma and other mental illnesses can play a big part into that, right? Well, no one knows exactly what causes mental illnesses. Uh, There are hypotheses, that is, uh, uh, myths. Um, They're strong hypotheses. So the one that um, has been in the the medical field for the last uh, 50 years or more um, is what they call... uh, chemical imbalances in the brain in terms of the over 100 neurotransmitters that are needed to send electrical currents between each neuron or nerve cell. Um, But in terms of cause, um, I think most uh, psychiatrists and psychologists would hold to the stress vulnerability model. So what the stress vulnerability model says is that as human beings, we're vulnerable to stress. Well, we know that, right? But the stressors of life can be such um, that they can create mental health problems. So a combination of genetics along with environmental stress, um, which might be trauma, it it, it might be poverty, just so it's not completely chemical as such i mean schizophrenia is not really one illness it's a it's an entity of several different illnesses so the the, the treatment as well it is complex and it has to be very much individualized uh, i mean if you've met one person with schizophrenia you've met one person um and, and then the the, the, the the main uh, main uh, therapy used is, is medicine um, antipsychotics and again it's very experimental because you have to figure out what's the cluster of symptoms the individual has or what's the amount of medication they would need to stabilize those symptoms or reduce those symptoms without side effects but then you know you may have to lower the, the or adjust the medication because of profound side effects which are very difficult to live with terms of treatment with schizophrenia but again the treatment is also holistic so that means of the biopsychosocial spiritual communal um you know uh, that would be beyond medication it would be talk therapy such as cognitive therapy for psychosis uh, psychiatric rehabilitation in terms of uh, skill development uh, family education uh, is very important i know you mentioned things such as different medications and therapy and those are some ways that people can be helped uh, through this disease um but what are the some of the ways that this organization has helped like what kind of things do you put out there and resources yeah yeah well we're we're strong supporters believers in the recovery philosophy recovery is learning how to live beyond the limitations of a mental illness with a sense of purpose hope uh, and, and uh, social inclusion. Uh, so, because people are recovering from the various losses, not only their, their, their mental health, but sometimes they lose their friends. Um, many times they're not um, 
receiving what we call recovery-oriented mental health services. Um, some family member may distance themselves from the individual, then they have difficulty getting employment, uh, income, support, depending on what level of disability there might be. But it's good to know uh, that up to 65% of people with schizophrenia will recover. That is being able to live beyond limitations on their mental illness with a sense of purpose and hope and social inclusion. But it takes the support of a whole community. So we advocate for recovery-oriented mental health services, which means it's, it's, it's not just medication, medication hopefully may reduce symptoms, but then people need quality of life or life satisfaction, which means affordable housing, decent income, access to education, uh, accommodations in school, uh, if they need that. So it's basically about the social determinants of health, because it, again, if there's deprivation or lack of, then that adds to the stressors or the stress that the individual is um, dealing with. Uh, so we do education. Uh, our main role is advocacy at a national level in terms of uh, senators and members of parliament, uh, Mental Health Commission of Canada, the Canadian Center for Substance Use and Addictions. Uh, so, you know, Pan-American uh, organizations like those two. And then we're also members of the Canadian Alliance uh, on Mental Illness and Mental Health, which is 16 national mental health organizations that work collaboratively in terms of advocacy uh, efforts. Uh, one of the things we, we do at the Schizophrenia side of Canada is as we get emails and responses to our social media and phone calls, it is individuals, you know, looking for help. So how do I find a psychiatrist? Or this medication is not working. How do I talk to my psychiatrist? Uh, where is there a family support group? What about peer support uh, workers? Um, and, and online groups, that kind of thing. So we endeavor to connect individual with real life people and their community as close as possible. And so we get these calls all across from, from Canada. Yeah, I like that you mentioned the education uh, because this one, it's not as, I think, schizophrenia isn't as well known as things such as depression or anxiety. Like yeah. it's not... Yeah. Like every not everyone knows exactly what it is, so I'm glad that um, spreading awareness about well, what yeah, and what and what people think they know, um, much of it is myth, uh, illogical misunderstanding, misconceptions. So we, you know, we try to help people with an accurate understanding of the lived experience of schizophrenia, and the best way to learn it is to get to know someone, talk with someone who has lived experience of psychosis or or schizophrenia. But unfortunately, most people get their ideas. Uh, which are basically uh, oriented around stigma. Um, it's, it's from Hollywood movies, um, high-profile cases in the news that are negative, uh, even cartoons, you know, anti-maniacs or yeah, anti-maniacs, and um, just uh, references to people with illnesses, fruitcakes or nuts, you know, nuts or Looney Tunes or whatever. <clears throat> And then also from your culture, uh, or from your family of origin, um, if, if they've had uh, held you know negative views of, about people with schizophrenia and mental illness. So you know we have specifically on our website educational materials for individuals, and then also for family members. Yeah, absolutely. It's unfortunate because there is a lot of uh, misinformation out there. Um, but yeah, the last thing I want to ask was if somebody is listening to this and they want to help out, uh, what can they do? And can they donate or can they help out in other ways? Yeah. 
Well, I, I think one of the best things the listener can do is, uh, if you know someone who has uh, early psychosis or schizophrenia or malellus, is uh, you know create a closer friendship with them. Um, ask them about what their hopes and their dreams uh, are. Uh, ask them about recovery, what helps them, what doesn't help them, and how can you be a friend to them. And then in terms of the Schizophrenia Society of Canada, well, just go to our website, schizophrenia.ca, and um, you see what materials we have. And if you know someone that could benefit from those materials, send them a link uh, to it. Um, if you want to create some sort of fundraiser um, or give through Canada Helps, that would be much appreciated. Uh, um, yeah absolutely that's great advice um and yeah thank you for being here thank you for letting me interview you i know there were some challenges getting here but uh thank you for everything well thank you for what you're doing and the power and and the influence you're going to have with your podcast thanks so much thank you so much have a good day that was everything I had for you today. If you managed to stick with me to the end, I want to say a big thank you and also a big thank you to Chris from Schizophrenia Society of Canada. The link to the organization of the website will be in the episode show notes like it always is. You can also follow the organization on Instagram at Schizophrenia Canada and follow this podcast on Instagram at underscore H-A-A-I-D and on Twitter at underscore H-A-A-I-D podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you took away something valuable from this episode. I hope you have a great day, or night, or whenever you're listening to this, and I'll see you in a month.